Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to present English in its most natural form. What this means is that sometimes a few bad words might slip through the net. This episode contains some adult language. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Two teas in a pod. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome back. The ongoing uh, book club series looking at the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. We're going to get straight into it. Straight back into it. In so this, this is part episode. three. If you haven't listened to part one and two, you can go back and do that now. Mm-hmm. We're on chapter six, uh, chapter five, which has been introduced to uh, Ian, Ian Bentham, who is the owner of Cooper's Chase Retirement Village and a nasty piece of nasty work. Nasty piece of work. Horrible man. Not a nice person. Mm-hmm. And his uh, business partner, Tony... Tony Curran. Curran, that's what yeah. I'm pronouncing it. Okay. So we learned that... He is planning on, Ian is planning on firing Tony Curran. Indeed. And replacing him with Bogdan, who will be a cheaper partner and builder for the new development of a new part of the retirement village. And chapter six, we are in the consultation with, uh, before building the new part of the retirement village. So uh, Ian has to have a consultation with all the residents, all the old Mm -hmm. people. And explain what's going on Mm -hmm. and get any concerns out of the way. But it's not going so well in this chapter. Mm -hmm. We open up with Ron Ritchie, who uh, we learn a little bit more about his background in this chapter, actually. Yeah. Um, So a member of the Thursday Murder Club and ex-trade unionist. Yeah. Very used to protesting and arguing things. So open up. There's a lot of references here to... Uh, in recent uh, English history, or even yeah. or British history, but um, mm-hmm. lots of uh, references to British history, uh, which I was not aware of, to be honest. Tim's a lot more clued up than me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know anything about this stuff. So we learn about Ron. Uh, I actually looked up. There was a guy called because uh, Ron's nickname in was the eighties was Red Ron, so association uh-huh. with you know left wing and communism maybe um there was actually a guy called red rob mm. who was a trade unionist a real person a trade unionist in the 1980s he might have been based on red rob so we're thinking that maybe the the writer has based uh the character of ron on this guy um and we okay. learned that ron was involved in uh lots of the strikes so during the thatcher government in the 80s margaret thatcher um began the process of uh, dismantling the mining industry and the manufacturing in- industry in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and nationalizing a lot of things. Privatizing a Pri- lot of things. The other way around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not nationalizing it, privatizing yeah. it. A lot of stuff. So there were a lot, sure. especially up in the north, there were lots of strikes against the... Um, not just in the north and the south as well, but all the miners, they were trying to close down all the mines. Um, a lot of industry was affected. Mm-hmm. And Ron is introduced as someone who was a big part, big leader of the strikes um, and the protests to stop the um, industries being taken apart. It says uh, that he was a veteran of picket lines and police cells. (laughs) So a picket line is when you um, block the entrance to a workplace to stop people working as part of a strike. And of black legs, blacklists, Bust ups and slowdowns. Got a lovely piece of language. 
black leg a black bust leg. Ups. So a black leg is someone who works while there's a strike, so it's a bad thing. I think in Catalan they call it you call call it a squirrel. Do they? Yeah. I didn't know the word black legs. I always thought it was the word scab. Mm-hmm. And I, I only know that because of Billy Elliot. Yeah. Billy Elliot. Watch Billy that Elliot. film. Yeah, it tells you everything, everything you need to know about yeah. this particular situation. There's lots of English films about this. Yeah, this it, was a, it wasn't a good time for, mm-hmm. for British the British working class. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then they also talk about him. He's, he's um, fated to be the underdog. He was always involved. Whenever he was involved in something, it kind of went bad. Yeah. Um yeah. But that's because he was always looking for looking for a fight and looking for a yeah, battle. Definitely. He was And he liked to be the underdog. Yeah. And even when he wasn't the underdog, he twists everything around so he is the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite funny. There's a nice expression to be the underdog. So the underdog's being like the less powerful person in any sort of confrontation. So yeah. if you talk think of David and Goliath. Indeed. Um David was the underdog because he just had a stone and a sling and Goliath was, was this big, huge big giant. Giant. The upper hand would be the opposite mm-hmm. of underdog, to have exactly. the upper hand. Yeah. Uh, so they're in this consultation, and Ron is standing up uh, and complaining, shouting at Ian Bentham yeah. about um, about this new development that's going to yeah. happen, and he is uh, he's very against it, and he's telling he's telling him why he's telling mm-hmm. Ian Bentham exactly what he thinks of him. Exactly. He compares him to Tony Blair who uh, was a very notorious, infamous uh, Prime Minister of the UK. Yeah. A while ago now, 20 years ago. 1997, yeah. 1997. um, And uh, notorious for going to war against Iraq. Yeah. And uh, doing lots of, maybe possibly illegally. Yeah. Oh, he's notorious. Tony Blair was notorious with anyone who's like left wing, very, very left wing, like uh, Ron, because he moved the party away from its left-wing roots and made it more yeah, centrist. It was, it was, the Labour Party was indeed uh, mm-hmm. left-wing roots and moved to centralised it. Yep. And, um, yeah, very smarmy, mm-hmm. uh, slimy he was politician. The f- one of the first politicians who, who it was quite a lot about image and yeah. using the media and, Ugh. you know, slogans and things like that. He was the mm. first of like a new new yeah. breed of politicians in the, in the 90s. So uh, he's standing up and um, he's shouting all these uh, things at Ian and... Uh, mm-hmm. Waving the contract, saying, you know, you contract. can't do this, you, you have to consult us. He's very against what's mm-hmm. what's happening here. And Ian is just uh, sort of... Dressed know, very well, with trying just... to really, really trying to show off. And he's just saying, this is your consultation. I have to sit here for 20 minutes and listen to you complain and then I can do what I want, he's basically saying. Exactly. So... Yeah, and he's deliberately chosen a, a female architect. Well, Ron accuses him of deliberately choosing a female architect mm-hmm. because he believes that will soften everyone up and he won't be able to shout. Yeah. But I think that says more about Ron than it does about Ian. Yeah, maybe. Ron's a bit more traditional as a character and, well, believes he's more traditional as a character, even though yeah. pretty sure he would still shout at even at a lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Women are too delicate to be shouted at, don't you know, Tim? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how the chapter goes, and we kind of, uh, we kind of, um, yeah, we see we, that... we kind of learn more about Ron, and um, he finishes his rant, and that's sort of the end of the chapter. Yeah, and it's obvious from the the, the rant, that the things that Ron's saying are not really going to have much effect. Yeah. On Indeed. Ian, that he's already made up his mind, he's already decided Indeed. what he's going to do. 
Let's quickly summarise chapter seven as well. It's only it's only a page long. Yeah. So while Ron is having this rant at the back, we are introduced to another character called mm-hmm. Father Matthew McKee, mm-hmm. uh, who slips into the back and he is sitting at the back listening to this consultation. And yeah. the implication is is that he's there to make sure or hope to make sure that this uh, development doesn't go th- doesn't go through. Yeah. We think it's something to do with the cemetery. Yeah. Some, mm-hmm. There's something suspicious happening here. Yeah. So yeah, chapter seven's only a page long, and it's basically chapter six from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. It's quite funny the way you're seeing the seeing the whole thing from a different point of view. Indeed. Yeah, it's quite funny the way he interprets um, uh, Ron's Ron. So it's Ron arguing and shouting at mm-hmm. um, Ian, and the the priest Father Mackey sees it from the back and just sees a large man in a West Ham shirt. In a football shirt, shouting about Tony Blair, <laughs> so it's like really condensed down into what it yeah, looks like. That's from exactly the what happens. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, and then we can tell he's quite old. He's got snowy white hair. Uh, mm-hmm. He's maybe he was part of this church. We don't really know. Yeah. Um, and then he's got something to do. If someone doesn't ask about the cemetery, perhaps he should just be brave. Remember, he has a job to do. So he's yeah. there's something here. He feels he needs mm-hmm. he needs to get done. He's a completely new character, and he's. I don't know much about him, really. Don't know anything about him, but yeah, he's. But there he's to... certainly been in this place before, because mm-hmm. he says how co- peculiar to be in this room. So, with the implication is he's been here before and spent time in this mm-hmm. place, and right. probably not in a good way. So let's have a quick look at some language quick from chapter language. six and seven. There's loads of stuff. Some of the stuff we already looked at, talking about the yes, black so legs and the... black legs and things. But there was one I really liked. I'm not falling for that old bull. Yeah, and I really liked "old bull," meaning implying bullshit, yeah. which has been didactic here. But yeah. falling for something is to be tricked. I think we've talked about this in previous yeah. episodes. To fall for uh, a scam or to, to fall, fall for, for a joke. So to be duped into something is to yeah be tricked by, and then old bull. Old bull. Bullshit. Bullshit. So if someone Lies. is lying to you, you can say they are bullshitting. Yeah, an old bull. If you want to make it slightly more polite, mm-hmm. though, it's not particularly polite. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way Ron speaks. He's, he says, this geezer, this geezer will know when I'm shouting. Mm-hmm. Geezer implying, it's a very slang word to say bloke or, yeah. or that, well, it's, that's also slang, man. Man, so bloke, a geezer. Geezer. But sometimes if you say someone's a geezer, it maybe has a geezer. connotation. They've got a bit like, of an attitude. A bit, you know, um, suspicious or mm-hmm. maybe slightly criminal, a geezer. Then the other one that you just use is bloke, which is another piece of slang to mean a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got, we've kind of talked about the other things, but then we've got practice. But Ron had always practiced what he had preached. Mm-hmm. So he had always um, done the things that he believes in. Mm-hmm. Didn't just, didn't, didn't, he, uh, he didn't just talk about it. He did those things as well. Yeah. So he does the things that, um, he tells other people to do. Exactly. He's not being hypocritical. He follows his own morals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one was a jinx. So yeah. a jinx means bad luck. Someone who brings bad luck. So yeah. they're saying that because all the strikes that Ron was involved in failed, he's kind of maybe got this reputation that it's his fault and that he brings bad luck. Exactly. So lots of people, for example, sailors have superstitions about yeah, jinxes. jinxes. People that bring bad luck. And then, um, I really like this one. He'd always quietly helped anyone who had needed a leg up. Mm-hmm. 
So needed, needed, needed help. Yeah, a to give up. a leg up. So normally you give someone a leg up to help. Be them. like you, but you're if you want to help them over a wall, you'd put yeah. your hands and then they'd step on your hands to get over the yeah. wall. So obviously this is pushing their leg up. Yeah, there's a nice one here to lose your thread. Mm. So at the end of Ron's uh, rant, when he's talking about getting very angry, he starts just talking about something completely yeah. different to lose your thread is to forget what you were talking about or get confused or things so like that so talking about the next prime minister david cameron yeah exactly so you're changing the topic and oh i've lost my thread what was i talking about um happens to us quite a lot on the podcast oh yeah, yeah. big time <laughs> and he um, also says you know where you can shove this lease don't you vent them implying the- shove is to put Put with, uh, with some violence. Force. Yeah, shove. So uh, implication is up his bottom. Yeah, shove it up your ass. Shove it up your ass is the expression. So, so again, he's he's like <laughs> he's not swearing, but it's yeah. quite aggressive what he's saying. He's using rude expressions, but he's making them that. less uh, well, more palatable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in chapter seven, there was one I liked, uh, which was uh, there's a big turnout, which means mm-hmm. there's lots of people had come to the event. It was yep. a popular event. And lots mm-hmm. of people were there. A big turnout. It's a good one. Mm. Um, another one was running out of steam. Mm-hmm. So similar to losing your thread. Um, so it's talking about, again, about Ron. Uh, shouting and shouting and shouting and it looks like he's running out of steam meaning he's running out of coming energy coming to the end of his uh... coming to the end of what he's going to say yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was chapter 6 and 7 I think yeah. we should leave that one there definitely and move on to the next one okie dokie okay so moving on to the next chapter chapter 8 so now we are after the consultation consultation's over yeah and they're outside Having a beer. Congratulating themselves, it seems. They mm-hmm. think that they've uh, succeeded with Ron and Joyce and uh, we're introduced to Jason, Ron's son here. Mm-hmm. They, I think they think that they've won. Yeah. Um, They're quite pleased with themselves. I think we know otherwise, knowing yeah. what he ends up to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are introduced to Jason, as you've just said. Who is Jason, Ron's son? Tell us Jason, a bit about him. Uh, we know that he has been on a lot of reality TV shows. He seems to be a celebrity or kind of maybe like a D-list celebrity. Like a so not a very famous celebrity. Minor celebrity. Ex-boxer. Minor. An ex-boxer. Yeah. And he has been on a lot of things like uh, Celebrity MasterChef and yeah. Celebrity Ice Dance. <laughs> and there's a one looking into, well, it's talking about maybe going on Famous Family Trees. He's going to go on. Yes, where Which, they look into your family background, family yeah. history. There's like a it. very, very popular BBC show. Who What's do you think called? you are? Who do you think you are? Where they look That's at good. it. It's good. It's very really interesting. It's um, a really good one. And we have this nice exchange with a guy who's um, Dennis, who's pretending or not really a friend of Ron's, but he's saying to Jason, oh, I'm a friend of your dad's, this guy, just so that he can meet uh jason the celebrity right and they say that this is something that happens all the time right people approach ron and try and say oh hi ron just so that they can get the chance to meet his son because his son's the famous one yeah this is interesting little exchange going on yeah and then so they're out in the sun drinking their beers and they witness uh an argument between 
Ian and Tony. Ian and Tony. Which, so. we, as we know, mm-hmm. is Ian firing Tony. Yeah. But people have noticed. Um, so they deliberate, he's, we know that Ian deliberately wanted to do it in public um, so that Tony wouldn't kill him on the spot. Mm. But now, obviously, the people he doesn't want to be witnessing this are members of the Thursday Murder Club because they're going to notice. They're going to notice everything. Even though they seem to be having like an argument not like shouting, but it, they can it's tell. It's certainly heated. They can tell something's going on. They can Doesn't tell. It seem that. like a normal. They look tense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then uh, Jason starts asking his dad if he's been contacted by any journalists or if he's received anything in the mail. Mm-hmm. Ron does not does says he hasn't seen anything yeah. and asks Jason why what's what's wrong and Jason doesn't uh, doesn't Jason's really give us anything but dismissive. something's obviously not quite right. So it seems like, yeah, he's worried about, I don't know, some news that's going to come out or something like that. Yeah, something in the media Yeah. at some point. And Jason leaves. He's going um, he, to... Ron wants him to stay to play snooker and maybe have another beer. And he says that he'd love to, but he has to... A little errand, has a little job to do, so he has to leave. Mm. Um, and Jason uh, is worried. Yeah. Well, Ron is then worried about Jason. Oh, no, sorry, yeah. the other way around. Ron is worried. Jason is probably worried about his own stuff. Ron is worried about Jason. And um, Joyce says it's probably probably what it's like to be a a parent. (laughs) Just worry all the time. Especially if your son's a minor celebrity (laughs) and getting into (laughs) all these issues. (laughs) So Um, it was a a good one. There were some really good uh, expressions in here. Shall we look at some language? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So one I liked was uh, when at the very first page just after the... After the beginning of the chapter, they're reflecting on the consultation and Ron says it was very thought provoking mm-hmm. and there was plenty to chew on there, Yeah, which I think means uh, to chew on and doesn't what well, normally it would mean like to masticate. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in this case, I think it means it's food for thought. Yes. Plenty to think about. Plenty to think plenty about. Plenty to chew on. Um, so maybe if you just watch an interesting film or a... Interesting documentary. We have, hmm, plenty to chew on mm, there. Plenty mm. to think about. And thought-provoking. Yeah, it's very good. Yes, yeah, makes you think. Makes you think. Then there was a lot of expressions related to drinking. I'll just um, go through them now. To mm-hmm. cradle a beer. So Jason is cradling a beer, which means cradle, you'd like, that's how you hold a baby. Yeah. But in this case, I think it means to drink slowly. Well, I think it just means he's holding he's it holding carefully. He's holding your beer. Holding yeah. your beer. Does it cradle? You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're drinking it quickly though, does no. it? No, no. I don't know if it means it drinks slowly. But he's holding mm-hmm. his beer. Yeah. And then later on in the chapter, we've got Ron knocks back some of his beer, which means he's taking a big a big drink. Yeah, drinking it quickly, like knock it back, putting it putting it up really in the air high up in the air, having a big drink from it. Mm-hmm. Knock it mm-hmm. back. There was one more, oh yeah. Polish off. Polish off his drink, which means to finish completely. Yeah, we see this quite a lot in this in this book, that they tend to drink quite a lot. Drinking the, quite a lot. That's yeah. what I would do if I was the, in a retirement village. They're polishing off bottles of wine and glasses of wine and polishing the off Polish beers. off will come up quite a lot then. Yeah, they've used Fantastic. that quite a lot. Right, did you, did you notice anything else? Yeah, there was to be up for it. So Jason's talking about... Um, going on this TV show about looking into his family tree and uh, he says that they'd want to talk to Ron as well because Ron's famous and mm-hmm. you know if they're looking into Jason's fam- family tree they're going to want to talk to his dad and they say they asked if you'd be up for it so to be up for doing something just means 
to be interested or to want to do something. So you can say, you up for going for a drink tonight? Do you want to go for a drink tonight? Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think he is, right? He seems to be up for it. Ron always seems to be talking up for talking to people and, <laughs> you know, being I think he, like, he likes to have a chat. Um, and then they lean over and they see Ian and Tony having this tense conversation and uh, they say they're having a little Barney thing. Mm-hmm. Bar- a little Barney means an argument. A Barney is an argument. Yeah. Is it, is it? I think it's Cockney Rhyming Slang. Barney Rubble. Trouble. Yeah. To have a Barney. Have a Barney Rubble. Trouble. I know that because of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Is that sad? <laughs> Ocean's Eleven with that terrible uh, Cockney accent. Yeah, terrible Cockney accent. So yeah, to have a, a Barney, Barney. Have an argument. Have an argument. Um, then another good one is to shoot off. I've got to shoot Are off. Are you shooting off? Which means leaving. Leaving quickly. quickly. Yeah, to shoot off. Got somewhere to be. Yeah. And a little errand. To run an errand is to do a little job. Maybe you have to go to the shop a to pick something up, something, mm-hmm. something small to do. And then Ron says, something up, which means is something wrong? Mm-hmm. Is something up? Is something up? It's a good one. And I think that was so it for that, yeah, for that chapter. One. Right, let's, uh, let's move on. Move on to chapter nine. Two teas in a pod. So moving on to chapter nine. Chapter nine, we are... Back with Ian Ventham. Back with Ian Ventham, and he is uh, at Karen Playfair's house. And he's pretty convinced that consultation went well. He's going to have no problems going forward with his uh, his designs. Yeah. He's... And the only thing he needs to do now is convince Karen. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to convince Karen, well, to help him convince her dad to sell uh, farmland, farmland to him so that he can, you know, continue to grow and build the... Um, retirement village and make even more money. And how is he planning on convincing Karen Playfair? I think he's going to flirt with her. He's yeah. going to try and seduce her mm-hmm. to uh, yeah get what he wants. So he sees like the, her relationship with her dad as like the key, the way for him to get to convince yeah, the dad. Because Gordon sell. is not Gordon. Her dad is not impressed. Yeah, yeah, not impressed with uh, Ian at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Sees right through him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but she's an older lady. Well, older. I mean, she's uh, maybe middle-aged, and this is definitely not Ian's regular yeah. kind of lady. We discover a little bit more <laughs> about how he thinks of women. Yeah, what's his... Uh, he has, has a strict twenty age limit of 25. 25 is his age limit. Do we know how old Ian is? He's about 50, I think. Ugh. And he's, so he says he's on dating apps and he only dates people who are under 25. Mm. So more of uh, uh, insight into the character of this lovely man. He also discovered that he's married. So yeah. this is all happening behind his wife's back. So we can only, back, I can so, only assume. So after he's de- described exactly how he only dates people under 25 and obviously has a you know, is interested in young people. We finally find out at the end of the chapter that yeah, he is actually married. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's actually, uh, again, a nasty piece of work. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so does Karen normally... doesn't seem too impressed, yeah. I don't think. I don't get the impression that Karen is really into this man at all. And mm, is no. maybe just uh, being polite. He has some moves that he normally uses on people to impress them what are his no- moves so he talks about his swimming pool shows pictures of his swimming pool yeah <laughs> apparently on under 25 that works very that well that works very well you go, oh a swimming pool, oh, a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. and then because she doesn't seem that impressed uh, 
he thinks this is why she doesn't have a, a partner. <laughs> yeah, she must be single because she's not impressed. Yeah, she's not uh, impressed by swimming pool. By swimming pool. Who, I mean, to, well, <laughs> listen, Tim, if someone came up to you and said, here's my swimming pool, would you... Uh, Oh yeah, I'd be, be all over that. I'd be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, and yeah, we also get insight into how uh, shallow uh, Ian is. He's so, so shallow, so obsessed with appearance um, and age, and age basically. Yuck. Um, he says things like Ian wonders exactly when Karen had given up on life and started wearing trainers and long baggy jumpers. <laughs> And you'd think, given that she works in IT, she could have Googled Botox. <laughs> so this idea that, you know, you should have Botox injections. Oh, a nasty man. I hate this person so much. Yeah, I really don't like horrible. him. Um, I hope he dies. He also talks about uh, she's wearing, uh, wearing uh, makeup in that. Uh, understated way that he doesn't see the point of. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone's wearing makeup, they need to be wearing like bright red yeah, lipstick. Th three like inches of it. Three inches, you know, tons and tons of makeup. And he's saying, yeah, constantly saying, no wonder she was single. Like Terrible. terrible also, when one. he shakes her hand, he's like, oh, you could oh, use No, he some... doesn't even wear, wear hand moisturizer. Yeah. Like just constantly criticizing. Only in his head. He's all thinking all this. He's thinking while... this in his head, but he's uh, beaming his charming self on the yeah, outside so it's like ugh, horrible right so some nice language in here mm -hmm. let's have a look at this we've got um he thinks that the uh the right out the very first uh, couple of lines we've got he thinks that the consultation went really well mm -hmm. and he uh, is no longer worried about the woodlands which is the uh, new development mm -hmm. he thinks it's a done deal a yep. done deal which done means deal. he thinks that it's guaranteed everything's confirmed happen. It's all confirmed. A yeah. done deal. Another good expression here, uh, um, just at the start of chapter nine. Yep, the cemetery. He guessed, but it was all above board. All above board, meaning it was all legal um, and all uh, signed off. So doing it in a legal way. All above board. And if you were to say below board, mm -hmm. it would be illegal. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, he also then. talks about sacking. Oh, yes. Yeah. To sack someone is to fire them or to yeah. make them redundant. Mm -hmm. To di one. dismiss them from their job, to sack someone. Then the next page, we've got Gordon Playfair. Doesn't understand Ian. Mm -hmm. Ian thinks he's been misunderstood. And that's uh, the expression for that is there's a lot. He's in the long line of people who didn't get him. So mm -hmm. if you don't get someone, you don't understand them. Yeah. We can use so get. He feels misunderstood by Gordon. We can use get to mean understand in other contexts as well, like jokes, yeah. right? I don't get it. If you don't, don't understand, understand a joke, joke. Like, I don't get We've it. We've definitely talked about that before as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think Gordon Playfair really does get him. I think uh, yeah. he's got him pretty well. Mm -hmm. There's another nice expression, uh, to draw a blank. Mm -hmm. So he tries, it's on a couple of pages over, he tries to imagine why someone would choose to date Karen Playfair, but draws a blank. So, yeah, so meaning... He can't think of he anything. He can't think of why people want anyone want to date her. Yeah. He says, conversation? That runs out soon enough, doesn't it? <laughs> She'll be rich soon, of course, when he buys the land. That will help her. So, <laughs> super shallow. God, what a nasty man. Another nice one on the same page. Uh, no wonder she was single. Yeah. Meaning it's no Which wonder means, means it's not surprising. It's not a surprise. Yeah. 
I also like on that same page if that was if that meant having to flirt with a fifty year old for a couple of weeks, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Then let it be. This yeah. was this was gonna happen. Then mm-hmm. then something like you're wish, willing to concede. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so be, be it. it. If that's what has to happen, let it happen. Exactly. Yeah. Good, good, good. That's well, chapter nine. That's Ta- chapter nine. Two teas in a pod. Okay, uh, last chapter for this uh, part three episode. Uh, chapter 10. Big chapter. It's a big chapter. This is a big one. Mm-hmm. So something finally happens. It's been building up to it. Yeah. And we've got Tony. He's uh, got out of his very expensive BMW mm-hmm. X7, whatever that means. He's just and on his way back from the consultation. He's back from the consultation. And the argument. And we find out that he's had this argument. He's been fired and mm-hmm. he is looking for revenge. He's out for blood. He's out for blood. He is definitely... We were. They were right when they were thinking about Tony's going to kill Ian because he's planning on killing Ian. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about where his gun is. He can't remember what tree he buried it under. Yeah. So he's buried it somewhere in the garden. Somewhere that I can't remember where. Yeah. And he... Um, He's uh, decided he's gonna he's gonna mm-hmm. take Ian out, as yeah. it were. Not, maybe not gonna do it straight away. Maybe he's not make straight a plan. away. He's gonna get the gun. Indeed. But. So we get to learn a little bit more about how he got into the building business, and mm-hmm. we realise that he is actually it was actually a front yeah. or a facade for uh, his drugs dealing business. Yeah. Uh, but then the building uh, it started taking off. He met Ian, and it started it started actually making money. Yeah, and so he's uh, surprised that his mm-hmm. house was actually built legally. Legally, on, so he uh, said legal that money. He always knew he'd have this beautiful house. He has this very nice house. Mm-hmm. But he he said like the young him would be surprised to know that he'd built the house with legal money rather than drug drugs money. Yeah, which is yeah. quite funny. Mm-hmm. So Debbie's Debbie's not in um, in the house. His wife. His wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he uh, go, go, walks into the house, but he has to turn the alarm. He has three tries to turn the alarm on, mm-hmm. which we actually realised was uh, installed by Bogdan. By Bogdan, so the uh, the guy who's just overtaken mm-hmm. him. Recently installed new Recently alarm system. Um. So he gets inside, and his he plan gets is inside, and he's get like, some paper. He's going to make, make a plan. plan. To kill Ian. To kill Ian. So he opens a drawer and there's no paper inside. So he can't mm-hmm. even make a plan on paper. He's just going to do it in his head. Mm-hmm. Why does he want to make a plan? Because his English teacher once said to him, if you fail to prepare, you f- prepare to fail. <laughs> we find exactly. out that later on, a year after that, uh, Tony burnt that English teacher's car. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not a year after this event. Yeah. A year after that was A year happened. after, yeah, the, after that, his teacher, teacher told said him. That. Yeah, he did indeed burn Torch his car. car. <laughs> yeah, which is nice. It tells you a little bit more about the kind of guy he is. Indeed. Not a not a nice character. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's going to... He's going to... Uh, he's going to take... He's going to kill Ian, but he's mm-hmm. going to let some time pass. It's going to really... Yeah. He's going to plan this out well. Mm-hmm. But... All of a sudden... He's interrupted... Next? Uh, he doesn't hear the noise fast enough. He Tony hears the noise a second too late and turn, turns to see the spanner as it swings towards him. A big one too, real old school stuff. So someone has snuck into his house and smashes him around the head with a spanner. Yeah, what is a spanner? A spanner is like a big tool you use to uh, loosen bolts, to take bolts off the wall, for it's example. It's a really big one. Mm-hmm. 
And someone and smacks him around the head and leaves him in a pool of his own blood. Lovely. In his kitchen. And leaves a photograph on the marble countertop. Yeah, so... And we assume leaves. <laughs> yeah, so... So, very suspicious. Tony is dead. Tony is dead. Guy. He is he is dead. Mm-hmm. So, very think? dramatic uh, uh, chapter. Yeah. Who, Some good language in here as well. Let's look at the language. Then we'll have a quick bit of speculation about who could have done mm-hmm. this. Um, what have you got written down, Tim? I have got... Um, <laughs> uh, some nice language in the first uh, in the second paragraph it says Tony Curran is going to kill Ian Ventham that's a given now that's that a given that's a guarantee that's that guarantee going that's definitely going to happen yeah that's a given now there's also um, a house built on hard work on making the right choices cutting the corners mm, <laughs> back cutting the right antenna. corners cutting the right corners so indeed making shortcuts or maybe yeah. not doing things completely correctly so maybe if you're building a house you can cut to cut corners is maybe to use some cheaper products mm-hmm. or try and avoid some mm-hmm. specific regulations mm-hmm. or try and save money in some way indeed mm-hmm. um there's also another one where it says even the most calm and rational man snaps so to snap is to what well, typically means to break but in this case means to get very very angry um and lose react control. in a bad way and lose yeah. control yeah to snap and then actually going back to that his fury rises again mm-hmm. so he gets very angry again mm-hmm. fury is anger yeah um, um, and then you know we've there's a lot of different words for argument or to have mm-hmm. an argument. So he talks about uh, no one can say they saw Tony Curran and Ian Ventham having a ding dong, which means an argument or sometimes a fight. Yeah, so a physical fight. Mm-hmm. A ding dong, have a ding dong, have a Barney, have an argument. Yeah. yeah. What else do we have? Uh, to keel over. Um, if you told him he'd be buying it with money and legally, talking about his house, he'd have keeled over there and then. Which means to fall over. To fall over. Either okay. faint or die. Yeah. Okay, to keel over. I think it comes from sailing, from boating. That's when a boat capsizes. That's to true. keel over. That's true. Mm-hmm. And then, That's some language. Later on, we've got those nice ones. It says, uh, but the next year he had torched the same teacher's car mm-hmm. following an argument at football. Argument yeah. about a football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony still had to hand it to the guy, which means Tony, Tony still had to to concede that this teacher was right That's about right, yeah. uh, In this case, if failing to prepare, mm-hmm. you prepare to fail. Yeah. See, I have to hand it to you. I have got to hand it to you. You are right. I need to admit that you are correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else there? I, th- I don't think so. Um, who do you think killed him? Who could it have well, been? There's, there's options, aren't there? Like, where's his wife, Debbie? We don't mm-hmm. know where she is. She's not yeah. in the house. Debbie's not there. Who are the other options? Well, we find out in this case that Bogdan installed the new security system. Mm, so he might know the code. He might know the code. Right. Also, uh, Ian might know the code. Yeah. Because um, Ian had Bogdan install it. Mm-hmm. So there's some possible routes there. We also saw in the previous chapter that Jason left quite quickly after the uh, Ron's son Jason left quite quickly after their consultation saying he had an errand to run right and he so, was also looking at Tony so yeah and he mm. was acting suspiciously so 
there's a chance it could be him. And he was worried about the journalists and media and stuff. So mm -hmm. maybe he's worried. Maybe he's being blackmailed. Maybe. By Tony. Yeah, maybe someone's forcing him to do it. Um, yeah, so there's definitely options. And then there's, we know this guy's got a history of being in drug deals and things like that. So mm. surely he's got lots of enemies, lots yeah. of skeletons in the closet. I wonder if we've already met them. Have you finished a book? Mm, no, I haven't. I'm okay. a few chapters ahead. But okay, all right. Yeah, I'm not going to review. I've only spoilers. got. To, I've only got. I've only read up to what we've read so far. Yeah. Well, you're reading along with. I'm the reading readers. with the listener. <laughs> yeah, the readers, the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're readers and listeners. Hopefully. Well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening along to our book club. Mm -hmm. The part three of this. And we'll uh, be back. There's the club. We'll be back with another episode very soon. We will. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two Teas in a Pod. I'd like to thank our wonderful producer, Ben Ward, our graphics man, Mark Wilding, the lovely singers on our intro, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena, and myself. I'm not thanking myself. You know what I mean. And of course, my wonderful co-host, Tim Worry. See you next time. Bye.